What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome into an emergency episode live of CHGO Bulls. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guys, Big Day, Pal, BWL Sports, and Mark K, MK Hoops, our pal and producer, Joey Spathis. Working behind the scenes, uh, we are CHGO underscore Bulls. Our guy, Will to Go Gottlieb, is uh, arriving right now at the United Center to hear from Bulls head coach Billy Donovan pregame. So hopefully we'll get some more intel and updates from him. But in the meantime, breaking news for Bulls Nation. Broke uh, not quite an hour ago. Zach Levine will have season-ending surgery on that foot that's been causing him problems all season long. Thanks, y'all, for joining us. Hit that like button if you're here on YouTube hanging out live. Wow. Uh, back-breaking news, and it comes just five days away from the NBA's trade deadline with all kinds of Zach Levine trade rumors and speculation circling. Does this rule out any remaining likelihood that Zach gets moved between now and February 8th? That certainly seems like the most likely uh, resolution to this part of the season. Um, awful news for Zach Levine, awful news for the Bulls and Bulls fans. Uh, initial reactions, Mark, what's what's up, buddy? Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Like, there's probably a million thoughts that went through my head when the initial news dropped. Um, we were getting wind of it a little bit beforehand, let's say. And uh, yeah, it's there's a million things to think about because there's been so many things going around with Zach all season, whether it's on court, off court. There's so many permutation to what this means for now, for the off season, for the years to come. Like, when you process everything that this potentially could mean, and when you go down that rabbit hole, that wormhole, I suppose, of what this all could mean, like that, you can quickly get into a dark place, which is where I've been for the last 15 minutes, um, which is why I'm glad we're having this conversation now to, to talk through it. But yeah, it's not ideal. No matter how we want to cut it up, when it, no matter what angle we want to take this from or frame it, it's 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 bad for the Bulls. Let's say that. It's, it's bad for Zach Levine. He's had a horrific season in, in many different ways, let's say. Um, and this is just the I was uh, not the perfect way to end it because it's obviously not perfect, but it just adds to what uh, has been a miserable season to Zach or for Zach, I suppose. Just the perfect way to cap it in that sense that you know bad becomes worse for Zach, unfortunately, and ultimately for us as Bulls fans. Uh, yeah, uh, bad went to worse. Like he's out for the year. That sucks and. I, I, I like I'm I kind of like you too, Mark. I have a million different things kind of going in my head right now, and I'm just trying to grab the the thing I want to say, and not even the right thing, just the thing I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say this: like this feels like a move um, that Zach did um, when he hurt. <laughs> it just feels like a move he did to ensure certain trades wouldn't happen. And I'm not even mad at him for it. Honestly, a lot of my Anger and me being upset is going towards the front office, honestly, uh, right about now. I'm not even mad at, at Zach for this stuff. I feel like I feel like he kind of got put in this situation, um, even though he put himself also there. I'm not saying he didn't ask for the trade. Of course he did uh, ask for this, and they tried to find him one, and he went about it the absolute wrong way because he went about it the hardened route without the hardened cachet. So you can't – it's not going to work that way. But when it started coming down to the media telling you that Zach isn't worth a dime, <laughs> Zach isn't worth a quarter, uh, we're not giving you anything for him, even though we know how skilled this dude is. We know he's a 50, 40, 80 guy. We watched him just have incredible games time after time after time after time after again. 
I guess in my head, I was just like, well, fine. Like if they want to feel like that, then they should just hold on to them. And and I don't I didn't see the reason to force a trade, you know, for February 8th. If something came up, cool, fine. Then make the trade. But I didn't see the reason to force it when it was gonna be something that you did in the offseason. And it feels like Zach didn't feel that way. It's like, oh, so y'all really trying to just let me go to Detroit and out of here for nothing? You know what? I'm going to get this surgery. That's what I'm going to do. I'm about to be out on some months. And you all make your decisions about trades and things, you know, during that time. I don't like how, I just don't like how a lot of this stuff is being handled uh, in the front office, man. I really don't. It just feels like, and I don't know this for sure. This is just speculation. I'm just going, again, like I said, I have a million thoughts in my head. And I'm just kind of just spitting them out uh, right now. But it just feels like they kind of were bullied into this idea of we got to trade them. We got to trade them. We got to trade them. We got to get them going. We got to get them out of here. And by any means necessary. Well, nobody wants them. Well, fine. Let's see what Detroit will give us. We'll fine. We'll take whatever you got kind of situation where I'm just like, man, you could have just held on to that and, and then just make this trade in, in an offseason. And we know Zach wanted to be traded. That's fine. He don't have a no trade clause. But now he has one now because <laughs> this surgery is like, fine, this is my no trade clause. I ain't going nowhere. This is exactly where I want to be. So I don't like this. But, yeah, I have a, a lot of my stuff right now is towards the front office, bro. And I just don't I, I just don't I don't like how it's being handled at all. I just don't like it. Joining us now from the United Center, it's our guy, Will the Go Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb, for all of his updates. Uh, Will, I'm guessing Billy has not met with the media yet uh, leading up to tonight's game. Uh, what what exactly is the scene and the vibe like over there? What can you tell us? Uh, yeah, we'll talk to Billy at about 5.15, so hopefully get, we get some more updates then. Uh, Dale and Terry also got injured last game. We're not sure if he'll be playing. Kobe White popped up on the injury report with an ankle, so hopefully he'll be good to go, but that was questionable. Um, but yeah, I mean, this season just could not be worse in terms of injuries for this team right now. And, you know, obviously you never want a guy to get hurt. Like no matter who it is, that just injuries suck. It's a horrible part of the game, but it is a part of the game. And, uh, it just feels like this, the idea of like getting resolution on this whole thing is now just never going to happen or it's, it's going to be at least until, the off season. But like my first thought is, I mean, the, the timeline is four to six months. So even if he does get healthy in that time frame, um, like if teams are worried about his injury history trading for him now, like even if he's healthy heading into next season, is that going to be a thing? Like, I don't know what the Bulls plans were bigger picture, but this is really making life hard on them. It's obviously horrible for Zach and just like the idea that he now has to go through this and he can't move on with his life. Um, and, and for the fans that like kind of want to close the chapter on this or for people that at least like want to change the roster, whether it's Zach or Demar or Cruz or whoever, it just feels like now they are going to be in the holding pattern. So obviously, uh, five more days until the trade deadline, half an hour before we get to hear from Billy. So obviously a lot can change, more information will come in, but it just feels like another death blow to everybody involved in this situation. It just, it really sucks. And obviously... Like, I don't want to cross over for Zach, too. I mean, that just to now have another surgery, to miss a full season, the way people are talking about him, the way the narrative has changed against him, to not be able to, like, come out and prove that wrong with his play, that's just got to suck for him. So uh, just really awful for all parties.
Yeah, I, you know, people in the comments, of course, some people are cracking jokes. Some people kind of believing in the conspiracy theory you just laid out, Dave, as far as like, hey, may, maybe this was Zach's choice because he heard and was hearing that the one real possible destination if a trade was going to happen was the Detroit Pistons, and he had no interest in going there. Saucy 8 saying Zach really didn't want to go to Detroit, so he got surgery. Surgery, honestly, I understand. And then, of course, people also speculating in the comments about if this means anything domino effect wise with what the bulls plans were between now and february 8th um you know the man nigel saying bye to bar bye vooch people talking about caruso potentially getting traded in the comments damar whoever it might be mark do you see this as something that would uh you know alter whatever plans that ak and eversley may have had in place because for, from my perspective it seems like they were preparing to just battle out and grind out the rest of this season and hopefully go to the play-in tournament with or without Zach Levine. And I don't know why this news, whether it was Zach and his people leaning towards this surgery choice or the Bulls and their medical staff actually suggesting it and being the ones to shut him down because they didn't like what they were seeing on the trade market. I, I don't know if any of this changes what they already were kind of planning to do, which we had heard from a few different areas was, don't expect any major roster shakeups. They're gonna they're gonna ride this out. Can I can I just cut in for a second and push sure. back on this one idea that like Zach is doing this to prevent getting like surgery is always the worst case scenario. You want to put that off by any means necessary. Like guys do not just like go under the knife to go under the knife or change their like I, I just I think that he obviously was hurt the first time he came back and the last couple of days we've heard like the foot is now the issue with regards to the ankle that he sprained. Like this is, this is not just like a joke injury or anything. Like he's clearly doing this because he really needs it. And that's, yeah, I just, I don't like the idea that people are kind of talking about this. Like it's some sort of conspiracy theory. No, I think that's fair, but I think I understand also why people might be speculative about this. Um, so I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think this is fake. I don't think this is a leverage play or anything like that. Zach probably wasn't getting traded regardless, irrespective of Detroit being the only suitor because Detroit was seemingly offering the Bulls very little that the Bulls were interested in anyway. So assuming Zach doesn't get hurt or doesn't need surgery, that deal probably doesn't happen anyway because you know Detroit wanted to, to buy very low and the Bulls didn't necessarily want to sell that low. So he probably wasn't moving regardless. But I also understand the sentiment in some respect because, and this is how probably I'll remember this Zach season, is he's allowed... Uh, with this whole trade stuff, let's say, he's allowed the naysayers to be very loud. And we've, we've talked about that before. And that's where I'm disappointed in the whole situation, whereby we as a podcast here more generally have been uh, Zach defenders in many different ways. But because of his actions on the court, off the court with the trade stuff, it's allowed people to feel a certain way. Those naysayers have been emboldened. And in this situation now where something like this plays out, knowing who his agency is, where his, who his representation is, knowing his representation was in New York yesterday talking to the Knicks. It's not a, mm -hmm. it's not a, uh, a far flight to fl uh, fly from New York to Chicago to, to, to close this one up too. So I understand why that speculation exists. I don't necessarily agree with it. But coming back to Matt's question around like, what does this mean? I don't know if it necessarily changes anything for the now because the reporting seems to continue to suggest, has always suggested that DeMar and Caruso weren't going anywhere. I don't think this Zach news really changes anything this this offseason, uh, sorry, this trade deadline because they probably were positioning themselves to be without Zach Levine in some shape or form. What this does dramatically do 
is change what you can be potentially in the offseason and beyond because we've talked about the tax crunch that is coming. Fans are probably sick and sick of uh, Will and I talking about these, these the, the cap situation and going through models and the numbers and all that sort of shit. So, uh, unfortunately, fans, you're probably going to hear more of that, to be honest with you, because Zach's number uh, in the offseason is 43 million. We have to consider this as 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 a as a, as an issue. That's probably not going anywhere because he wasn't going to be moved at this at this deadline. And now with this news, to Will's point before, like who's going to want to trade for him in the offseason? That means Zach's number is going to be on, on the books. That has flown effects for what you can do with guys like Patrick and DeMar DeRozan and these sorts of guys mm-hmm. uh, because the, the tax the tax limitations that this team has or this ownership has. So it has dramatic impacts on what this team will look like potentially in the offseason and what their flexi- flexibility op- or optionality does look like because now you, you can't move him pretty much. That, that that option doesn't exist. So how does this remodel your team? Like that's probably what we're going to be talking about for the next four to five months. Like what are the the permutations of this? But it dramatically changes everything in the off season, or at least has the potential to dramatically change everything, and not for the better. Yeah, it's a crazy position uh, to be in right now. And to what you were to what you were saying, Will, because I definitely uh, was saying that about the conspiracy theory. Um, my thing was, how can I put this? Excuse me, my phone went off. Sorry, that was some family stuff. <laughs> but my thing, my thing with Zach is, I don't think obviously, I don't think he just went under the knife to go under the knife. Nobody wants surgery, especially nobody wants foot surgery or foot or knee. Nobody just wants to do that. I get that. Looking at it optically, that's what it looks like, and that's what I'm pointing out here. That's exactly what it looks like. Uh, just looking at it from the outside in, like, oh man. I can't get this to have. Well, fine. You know what? I'm shutting down. I'm done. You know what I mean? I'm finished. I'm I'm out. I'll I'll get a hundred percent. Get back to at least a hundred percent, and get everything on me correct, and then get back on the floor. And the reason it le- leads lends credence to that is how this whole thing kind of started, with how he was playing before when he first mentioned, "Yo, I kind of want to uh, explore trade options," you know, with the team, and then watching how he played and went about that shit. That leads credence to to people having this kind of ideology on it. So that's what how they kind of look at it. Like, I saw what you did in the beginning. So why would I not put that past you on this? Now, I don't think that's what it is. But optically, when you look at it like that, I can see why that conclusion can be drawn. That definitely went through my head, for sure. I would be lying if I said it didn't. That definitely went through my head. Like, oh, man. But I don't think Zach's that kind of guy or, or that kind of player. But I also didn't think he would be that kind of guy that I saw to start the season either. So things can change. But, yeah, the whole the whole thing sucks, and it puts the Bulls in a really, as Mark K said, just a really tough situation uh, in that offseason because I believe six months is what, August for Zach, mm-hmm. if, if that's what it – so, man, that's what <laughs> – it's only a couple months to, to get ready to do anything. Man, this is, a, that's, this is tough. And I'm, I'm interested to see how they move forward with this uh, situation. Now – I agree with you, man. I don't think it affects anything that they wanted to do as far as, you know, going to the playoffs and, you know, get or getting to the play-in and, you know, competing and doing, you know, things like that. And it removes the idea that Zach is even going to come back. So it kind of takes, you know, for lack of a better word, it takes that burden off of other players who might be thinking Zach is coming back to um, get in this game and do something. So it takes that kind of thing away. But now it's like, 
okay, well, I really don't think you're making any kind of trades now. You know, now I really don't think anything's going because you clearly don't want to get rid of DeMar. You clearly don't want to get rid of Caruso. And I don't think anybody else has any kind of value that anybody around the league wants. So if those two dudes you're, you're like, I don't want to get rid of because you want to, you know, try to try to make this play in, then I think this is the team that we're going to have going forward. And this is what the Bulls are going to be. Uh, Colette Beckwith in the comments said, I don't think it's that Zach would get surgery just as a power play, but if he had the choice to get surgery now or later, his current situation may have encouraged him to choose now over later, which, you know, like, I, I think that there is some logic to that line of thinking that it wasn't necessarily Zach saying, I'm, I'm going to have elective surgery that I don't need to have because I don't want to get traded to the Pistons in a few days. Right. Like I, I, like, I, I agree with you, Will, Will, on that. Like, I think that that's a wild notion. But maybe if this is something that was something that he could have found some alternate non-surgery shorter-term resolution to to then address this in the offseason, much like we saw Zach play through an injury at the end of, uh, you know, that 21-22 season when the Bulls were playoff-bound, even though he was playing through pain and then had that arthroscopic procedure in the offseason. And I think, you know, some of that frustration and even speculation from Bulls fans comes back to, I, I can't find the comment, but somebody was talking about the, the lack of transparency when it comes to the Bulls PR and injuries and injury updates and how it never seems to be the way that it, they initially tell us that it is. Whether it's Lonzo Ball or Zach Levine or anybody else, but how many different kinds of updates and timelines have we gotten with Zach? And originally it was foot inflammation, and then he came back for seven games, and then it looked like he just, you know, rolled his ankle. And then just the other day, it was like, oh, actually, no, like it's not the ankle. His foot's bothering him again. And then bam, a few days later, he's done for the year. Like, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, like, are, are Bulls fans crazy? Are or all NBA teams and their fans just destined to do this frustrating tiptoe around what's actually going on with medical updates of players? Because this kind of stuff has happened for years, and that's why Bulls fans are frustrated, and that's why Bulls fans poke holes in stories that they don't believe. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, when guys get surgery, there's always a chance that, like, that's the last time they play. Like, I think surgery is a very serious thing. So, yeah, maybe they were holding out and hoping that he would get traded and then deal with it in the summer. Maybe they weren't sure if they needed it at all. And now after, you know, whatever procedure, like, who knows? But I'm just saying I, I don't take the, the surgery thing lightly. And I it definitely functionally serves as a, like, trade restriction. Like, nobody's going to trade for him now. Um, and so it blocks any trade to any team that he didn't want to go to. But... I just, yeah, I, I think the risk with, with doing surgery is always pretty extreme. And I, I don't want it to seem like that. I think Zach is just like doing this for revenge or something. Right. Or yeah. It's no revenge surgery. Right. No, yeah. Revenge. It's Absolutely not a right. Scotty Pippen situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, we know he needed, obviously if you're hurt, you're hurt. And if you need the surgery, you need the surgery. Again, I'm just talking optically and how it looks and the timing of all this, sure. which is something the Bulls have never been good at. It's stuff out optically and timing of things, whether if the intentions are true natured or not. Optically, it never has looked good. And when people are looking at it around the league and those things, like that's just how it'll come out. Like it's like having a, a meeting out the first game of the basically the first game of the season. And 
as you as we said many times, it wasn't a team meeting that they kicked Billy Donovan out of. But optically, that's what everybody saw. <laughs> you know, that's what everybody just looked at, and that's why they saw it. And they ran with it for a week, and that's just what they went with, man. So it, yeah, it's just the Bulls are really just bad at these things with optics. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't they they don't get this stuff right. Yeah, and look, perception isn't always intention, uh, and that's to, to Dave's point here. So this may not have been Zach's intent uh, to go under the knife for this for this reason uh, to avoid a trade or you know make it a leverage play. But perception is sometimes what it is for a number of different reasons. A, a lot of times without beyond your control, but. Coming back to the whole Bulls thing and the medical staff thing and the lack of transparency and all this sort of stuff and, and coming back to the wider point of a million thoughts flying through your head, where my head went to after this as well was like Patrick is out right now with a, with a foot injury too. That was an ankle injury and then you know he was, it, he was playing through it and he wasn't playing through it. He was moving through things and then he wasn't. Uh, and then oh, oh, all of a sudden, hey, the dude's in a boot. And it's like, okay, <laughs> when when did that happen? And now it's like, oh, he's out for two weeks. But the minute when the, the Bulls announced Patrick was out for two weeks, for the, all the reasons you've noted, Dave, it's like, I don't believe this. <laughs> like we have a, a months, years, decades long history of this team just doing some shady stuff where with the whole, you know, the way they handle the... The way they handle the injuries, but also the way they handle the comms around all of whatever happens with their players and the injuries and those sorts of things. So, again, perception versus intention. Maybe that's, they're not intending it for it to, to come off a certain way, but the, their lack of transparency at times leads to speculations, leads to leads to questions. And if you're not providing answer to those questions and people are, you know, whether they're right to speculate or not, I guess we can disagree on that or not, but it's going to happen. And now... And I'm doing that now with Patrick because this Zach news is somewhat out of the blue. Uh, the Patrick stuff is somewhat out of the blue in terms of what we've heard thus far. But based on what we're seeing with Zach, it's not too far to make the leap now on like, what does this mean with future injuries? We've got the, and the, the added irony to this as well, like Lonzo is meant to speak to um, Stacey and, right. and Adam tonight during the second quarter of uh, the Bulls Kings game tonight. So on the day the dude that's been missing for two and a half years is making an appearance on the broadcast to seemingly talk about th his recovery, mm -hmm. a, a thing that we have heard very little about, they dropped the news that Zach is out for the rest of the season with a four to six months with his foot injury. Oh, by the way, Patrick's also out for how many weeks with the foot thing. And anytime I hear foot, and anytime the, it, it comes back to the Bulls having to do something notable with some sort of injury related to some extremity, I get nervous. So I'm very nervous. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong for speculating about that too. Maybe they're not connected. Maybe it's not going to be an issue for Patrick. But uh, I, again, that's a thought that I that crept into my mind too. Uh, we we got tons yeah, of people hanging out with us. Here, but, uh, I was going to say, I will... Will, I know you got uh, immediate availability, but just wanted to get your final thoughts uh, before you before you hop off. Yeah, I just think we're going to have to kind of wait and see here. Obviously, we'll get some answers from Billy in the next couple of minutes and stay tuned. We will have you updated. Um, they haven't really had a chance to like give any real information about it. So, yeah, I think Patrick, with regards to his injury, he will be kind of reevaluated over the next couple of weeks. And we probably won't hear anything until after All-Star break, which is kind of the, the initial time frame that they gave us. Um, and they're just kind of letting it heal. We'll see what's with Kobe and Dalen. And yeah, I mean, this... Unfortunately, the season is just becoming defined by injuries, and that is never something that you want. So uh, we'll have more information for you guys soon.
Appreciate it, Will. Thanks for hopping on, man. Bulls fans, follow Will for his updates. Will underscore Gottlieb. He's going to go talk to Billy Donovan right now before tonight's game, and we'll hear from Will again in postgame tonight after Bulls-Kings. Uh, we got a few Super Chats. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Hit that like button. We got over five, well over 500 people hanging out on this breaking news emergency episode of CHGO Bulls. Our guy, the Duke, with the $20 Super Chat. Ooh. I asked the Raven, will the Bulls ever be as they were before? <laughs> Quote the Raven, <laughs> nevermore. And my Bulls fan hope from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore, nevermore. Edgar Allan Poe, a.k.a. the Duke, uh, who also mm-hmm. said with a super chat, Will, lock the door or put your pants on at least. <laughs> I'm guessing if he was, uh, you know, Putting in hours at the United Center, Will was wearing pants. <laughs> let's let's not throw that kind of speculation on him. Uh, <laughs> Richie D. Breezy with a $5 super chat saying, get better soon, Zach. Interested to see what the Bulls do at the deadline now. Thoughts? Keep up the great coverage, guys. Appreciate you, Richie. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's where every Bulls fan's mind is right now with this kind of news breaking. How, if at all, will it affect what the Bulls front office was thinking uh, when it comes to that deadline, that's just five days away. And I mean, you know, we're still hearing, you know, I was listening to the most recent low post. They were talking about what the bulls should be doing versus what they might be doing, but that there are tons of teams out there who want Alex Caruso and that the bulls from all of his various sources are saying the same thing to any team. And there are several calling the bulls about Caruso, which is you can't have them. We value Caruso too much. We still have him under contract next season on another very team-friendly salary uh, for a team that will probably again next year be trying to find some way to just stay barely below that luxury tax line. And whether it's him or DeMar, there were a few other new rumors going on about DeMar and maybe the Sixers being interested in DeMar, maybe even offering up first-round draft capital kind of offers. And then that same report was sort of like retracted. I don't know. There's weird stuff going on. That's how it always is this last final week leading up to the trade deadline. And I'm not saying that necessarily this should be some kind of wake-up call to the Bulls front office, just like, oh, Zach done for the year. Because as we you know noted earlier, they it seemed like they were very determined to make their way to that playing tournament, whether or not Zach was out there playing. And we saw this team scrape together some wins without him. And then he came back and they won. And then since he left again, they've also managed to win a couple of games. They don't look great, but they at least look capable of being a play-in team because right. the bottom of the East is trash. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's going to change between now and Thursday. No, yeah, I don't. In some, in, in some respects, they've kind of left it too late. In, in, in some respects, well, in some respects, because I mean, you, you you spoke about. Like that, other teams in behind them, like Toronto, already had that made their move to to get worse. Atlanta maybe be doing the same in the next few days. I would assume Brooklyn would maybe maybe doing the same thing because they're not going anywhere. Like if there's a team that's more midder than the Bulls, let's say, then then it's the Nets. They are extremely mid. And then if, even if you want to go backwards, can you overtake the the, the Nets, the the Raptors, the Hawks? But there's no chance in overtaking guys like the the Hornets or the the Wizards or Detroit, etc. Like so. They kind of are stuck in this situation, but the real point here is what you touched on, Matt. Like this team over the last 30 games, I keep I keep talking myself into this as well, but they've been a real team for the last 30 or so games. And by real, I mean, I don't mean, you know, championship level contention or even a real playoff team, but they've been right. a good, 
respectable team on both sides of the ball for most part, more so on defense than offense. But they've won 18 of the last 30 games. Yeah, sure, it's been a somewhat easy schedule through that stretch. But because they've done what they've done without Zach, because they've been winning more than they have been losing lately, we know how this franchise thinks about, you know, 14 and 9 records or whatever it might be. But this is a great example, a 30-game sample where they've won 18 of their 30 games. AK can can easily talk himself into thinking, okay, we're probably going to be without Zach in some respects regardless. Now, even if we moved on from him for just expiring deals and guys that might not even help this season, we were probably preparing for a life without Zach for the remainder of the season anyway in same some shape or form. We've want, been winning more without Zach than we have been with him anyway. Let's just continue doing what we're doing. We value DeMar. We value Caruso. We want them here. I don't th- I don't see any reason for us to expect this to dramatically change what the balls will be thinking about at the deadline. Now, maybe, maybe this does dramatically change the thinking. I don't know. Maybe it does just because of the long-term ramifications. But based on everything that we know about Mark uh, Eversley, a tourist kind of show for us, about ownership, there's no reason to expect anything to change in the next few days. Now, if it does, cool. Maybe they get that wake-up call. Maybe they do Maybe they do change their philosophy. But based on the information and the variables that we have on hand today, there's absolutely zero reason for us to think they're not going to continue to try what they're doing right now. They could easily talk themselves into getting a seventh seat. Like as much as we want to say, you know, sell, sell Caruso, sell Demar, try to, you know, be 11th or 12th in the East and reset around Kobe. As, there's a good argument for that, and I'm not saying I support the argument of trying to be the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, but there's an argument for it. And based on all of the, the way we know this team operates or this franchise franchise operates, you can be best be sure that they're convincing themselves that, hey, we're only three games behind the Heat here. We can get to seven. We can get a home play-in. That's revenue dollars. If we win that, if we win that plane, hey, we're in the playoffs. We can get some playoff game, a playoff revenue through uh, the doors as well. So that's where their mindset is at. So there's no reason we should be thinking about anything different from this season's perspective. I agree. I agree with a majority of that. Um, as you all know, many, many, as y'all know, I want to go to the postseason. As y'all know, <laughs> I want to go to the postseason every damn year. Yeah. Every year, I want to go there. Um, the difference is this for me. Mm-hmm. Whether you got you got Caruso and DeMar, for me, you're still a playing team. If you don't have Caruso and you don't have DeMar, you're still a playing team. I think the Bulls are the same kind of thing without those guys, which is why I wanted – I was trying to get Caruso traded last year, and I still want Caruso to be traded because I'm like, you can get some real value back for that, which is why I have no problem about you trading DeMar DeRozan because why not get rid – I shouldn't even say get rid of, but why not trade DeMar DeRozan and then not have to go through this offseason of having to even fathom giving him a bigger contract to come back older and in his decline in his season. Why not even get ahead of things like that? Because going to the play-in, regardless of this. And for me, I want to go, as I've said, because I want it for the young guys. Those are the guys I'm talking about. I'm the Kobe, Io, even Patrick, and you know those guys, Dalen. Like, I want them to know that the baseline and the floor for this team and how they play is we go to the postseason. That's kind of where it starts, is we go to the postseason. I'd like to have that in their mind. I don't want that losing philosophy in their mind because once that gets in there, it's like a virus. That shit don't leave. My prime example is Zach Levine. That is the prime example for you right there. Zach Levine don't know how to do that. He knows how to revert back to when it's losing. He does. 
And some of that's his, and some of that's not. Some of that he just hasn't had a team put around him. Some of that, that's just what he does when he steps out of bounds in the fourth quarter or turns the ball over because he's trying to do too much. But regardless of what it is, this is the dude who hadn't won four games in a row in his career. He wasn't about that life. You know what I mean? He, he didn't understand it. He still It's still not on his resume. I want that for the young guys to understand, like, no, dude, we go out here and we at least try to win and we get to some kind of level for the young guys. The older guys are who they are. That's what it is. You can still be this play-in team that I'm talking about without Alex Caruso and without DeMar DeRozan or either one of them on your squad. Will you be a seventh? I don't know. Will you be a, a tenth? I don't know. But you're there because of what Mark and, and Will were just saying because the rest of them dudes that's uh, competing with have made their decision about what they want to be and who they are. And they're like, we're not winning. We're cool with this. Toronto has made their decision. Atlanta's about to make that decision. You know, D- Charlotte, we all know that. Washington, whatever. Those teams, we know where they are. So the Bulls are the only ones that are like, okay, we really want to be here for that. Fine, great. I'm with it. Let's go get it. But you have to be smart about some of these moves that you're making and not always thinking with your heart on this. These feel like heart moves, and I have no problem with heart moves, but you got to have your brain in this shit too. You can't just out here make these moves like, no, God, we got to have this. It's got to be this right here and fight for this, that kind of shit. No, man, you can't go at it like this. That's not how it works. Yes, you should play with uh, toughness, and uh, you want those kind of guys on your team, but you have to see what's in front of you. You have to see that big-ass wall that's right there in front of you and say, maybe I should stop and go around it instead of saying, maybe we should just go through it, and it might work, (laughs) and it might not. But no, dude, it's still a wall. Avoid the wall. Go around that shit. I don't know. I'm saying all this to say it's okay to go to the play-in. It's okay to go to the postseason. But you don't have to have these super veterans on your team to do it. You can get some other assets and continue on this road to a play-in. Um, people in the comments, uh, Derek saying, if they go to the postseason, it only validates what they think, which is that continuity and more of this is good enough. And I think that that is a fair counterpoint, Dave, to what you are saying. And there's you know some truth to that, too, of the value, especially some of the younger guys can gain from going and having a postseason experience and you know me. I still don't see the playing tournament as postseason experience. They would need to win their way out of it to get real postseason experience. Uh, hey, if you want to go get spanked and lose in four games in the first round, be my guest. Personally, I don't yeah. think that helps anything as far as where this team needs to go from here. Uh, Mark, you just dug up the official press release on Levine's injury update uh, from NBA.com uh, and the Bulls section of that uh, website. And there is some interesting wording in here, as we were discussing earlier with Will, how the Bulls and Zach and the medical staff and Zach's people came to this decision of surgery. Here it is word for word. After seeking additional medical options, uh, I'm sorry, after seeking additional medical opinions in consultation with the Chicago Bulls training and medical staff, guard Zach Levine and Clutch Sports Group have elected surgery on Levine's right foot as the next step in his recovery process. Surgery is anticipated the week of February 5th. Levine will be out four to six months. Updates will be provided as necessary. So that, I mean, maybe you don't want to dive and read too much into the way that that is worded, but I agree, Mark. The wording there is like that this was one of a few different possible avenues they could have taken, and they elected surgery rather than 
well, you must have surgery. Yeah, and again, coming back to the point, like it's up to the individuals now to choose how much they do or don't read into these things. And again, coming again, coming back to the point around the lack of transparency, this is literally, I was going to say a paragraph, but it's almost not even a paragraph. It's like one or two sentences. Maybe one or two sentences is a paragraph at this stage. But the way it's framed, the way it's written, you can read into it however you want. And again, that's a problem. The fact that you can read into certain things in certain ways leads to speculation, leads to thinking, uh, a lot of different thoughts, and which is why you know it is what it is. So it is interestingly worded, clearly based on the way it is worded, it does sound and does read, at least to my eyes and ears, that Zach and Clutch had the final say as to what was happening and when it was happening. And again, you can read into why that may or may not be the case. But that's based on the report that's been published by the Bulls that Zach and Clutch had the final say as to what's going on with him, whether it was surgery or not. When that surgery was to occur, they they were ultimately the ones signing off on it. And maybe that would be the case regardless because it's his career, it's his management. They should be the ones ultimately be signing off. Again, it, you can read into it a number of different ways, but it's just interesting the way it's been framed uh, officially by the team. Um, and released via PR and, and those sorts of things. So it just adds and you know adds to the speculation, fuels those thoughts, let's say. And that's, you know, Dave, that's the, I think, really frustrating point now. If you hadn't yet already resigned yourself to the fact the Bulls were not trading Zach Levine or making any major trades between now and the deadline, I think you were a little bit behind catching up with the rest of us. The bigger concern now is what this does to Zach Levine's trade value this summer. Because you're talking about a guy who is going to miss the back half of the season and then need the offseason to recover from this surgery. And how many teams are willing to gamble on a guy who is coming off of yet another surgery and has that much money left on his contract? Because mm -hmm. the, and like we touched on this in, in a recent show when there was some update about Zach Levine and his trade market value that he seems to have gotten this undeserved and unfair label as an injury prone player just because of the initial ACL tear injury that he was recovering from when the Bulls got him in that trade for Jimmy like you know eight years ago the the thing that is most concerning to me is that this season with him saying early on okay fine let, let's find me a trade partner I'm ready for this divorce too he doesn't play well then gets hurt comes back briefly, gets hurt again, and is now being shut down with season-ending uh, surgery. To me, that is the biggest problem here because a guy who had done his solid and like credit-worthy work to get past that injury-prone label, even though some talking heads never acknowledge the fact that he was tough as nails playing through surgeries, playing huge numbers of games. He played a Bulls career season-high number of games last season – but now because of the way that this all happened and the way that this is going down, that injury-prone label is here to stay. And it's not yeah. going anywhere. And it will impact his already low trade value. I think you're right. I mean, and with it, I think you all are also correct with the wording of that, you know, saying that he's elected surgery. You know, I just talked about optics and how bad <laughs> at, at this stuff, man. For for a team and organization that truly cares about optics, they really suck at it. Like it's they, really, they really bad. A ring of honor ceremony celebrating <laughs> the legends of the franchise. 
they just it's just continuing to botch optics. And you know, I think most people like most people like myself, I don't care about how it looks, but I'm not naive to what it means. You know what I mean? Like I understand what it means and 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 what comes with it and those things like that. And I know that they care about optic. And if you care about it, you would think you would be better, but they're not. They stink at it. So yeah, you're right though, Matt. Like being out with this surgery, now being out four to six months, will just add to that label of he is injury prone with a big old contract. And that's that's it's that simple. And the big old contract for me is the real one. I I never believed at any point in time that any of these teams thought or cared that Zach Levine was quote unquote wasn't a winning player. I never believed that for a second. For me, it was just strictly about the money because you know they're looking at Bridges in Charlotte. All right, what the hell does he know about winning? But this dude is being looked at at Phoenix and other teams and all and all stuff like that. He don't know nothing about winning, but his contract is nicer. You know what I mean? And, and on those kind of levels. So for me, it's not about a winning player. It's about his contract. It's about this money. Adding this to it makes it optically look definitely worse because now you're injured with all this money on top of you. And now you come in with this stigma and now they can put those other things on you. Now you can really start attaching those other labels. Not a winning player. Haven't seen him do it in the postseason. Haven't seen him do that. You can really start adding things to it like that. It's just all around bad. It's a it's a horrible bad situation uh, for this for for Zach and for this team. When I wrote in that article that I thought Zach Levine's career was on the line when he came back, this is kind of the thing I was talking about. I was like, it could easily be something that the team teams look around the league if he comes back and plays well and he stays healthy to that trade deadline. He could really you know maybe get moved to where he wants to go. If it didn't work out. I, I was like, well, it's not going to be good for him or anybody in the Bulls because they're not going to give you what you want and you might not get anything at all and you might end up with him still being there, which is obviously something that he doesn't want and, and they don't want. And I'm only saying that because they were trying to make a trade since the season kind of got started. So obviously they want to mutually separate, but they're not being able to do that because of this kind of stuff, man. It's just crazy. You know what I mean? Like this stuff just optically is bad, you know, when it when it rains, it pours kind of situation uh, right here for the Bulls. And you're right, uh, Marque, about now being worried about Patrick Williams and his things like that, because that's something I wasn't even thinking about before. But I think you're absolutely 100% correct. No, but you're right. Like you're 100% correct. Like you're absolutely right on, on that. I'm like, oh, man, you're right. Like because the way that's being presented is kind of the way stuff like that has been presented to us when we find out guys are going to be out for a longer period of time. Like, it's, it's where it came with Zach, whether it came with Lonzo, where it came with whoever. That's how it always has been presented to us. I hope it's not that. Of course, I want Patrick back on the floor. He's like a Wolverine when it comes to healing, and he's young, so he can heal up. But it definitely becomes a concern of, of, of things like that. But, yeah, man, they just, they're just bad at optics, and this whole situation and this whole injury is just really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and again, where my thought went from this as well, we, we, we've been talking about this deadline and look, uh, I dare say over the next four to five months, six months, we'll be talking about what this means for future years, but the contract is what the contract is. Yeah. And what the contract is, is, you know, 130 odd million left after this season, three more seasons, the last year being a player option for 49 million. There's a trade kicker in there as well, if I'm not mistaken, or 15%, something like that. 
Clutch negotiated the bag for Zach. They had the leverage in those conversations, which is why he was always getting the max. But it, it does hurt now. And this is where it comes back to hurt the Bulls more generally going forward because my thing in wanting to move on from Zach was it was a way out in, in many respects. If you wanted to go rebuild, you could. If you wanted to add pieces to continue trying to win and be that playing type of team, follow that ethos that the uh, that ownership has, that managers management have been talking about, then cool, you could do that too. You had that optionality. Whereas now, assuming... Well, Zach wasn't really somewhat someone that was wanted regardless before this. He's absolutely not going to be moved at this deadline. Probably not going to be moved in the offseason. That means that $43 million that's on your books for next offseason or in the next offseason is likely to remain there. If Lonzo isn't medically retired or doesn't come off the books for, for that reason too... In addition to guys like Vooch, Kobe, Caruso, Io, Javon Carter, Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips, guys that are probably staying around, that's $125 million in likely to be guaranteed money. There's some player options in there. There's some partially guarantees in there. But assuming that that's all picked up, that's $125 million. Uh, the salary cap next year is $141 million. That's a delta of $15, 16000000 million. And that's before you even consider what you're doing with DeRozan or Patrick Williams. Sure or Tory Craig, or Andre Drummond, or any other free agent. The point being, the Bulls are likely going to be an over-the-cap team next season, mm. and they're going to be in a, a really tough situation where if you can't move Zach, and if Lonzo's on the books, one of DeRozan or Patrick Williams or someone else is likely gone because the math just does not add up. The, yeah. the, the contracts do not add up. At this stage, you're probably looking at a roster where if, if you try to bring everything back where it's going to be north of $180 million, the luxury tax next season, friends, is $171 million. The Bulls ain't going over that. So <laughs> this has dramatic, dramatic uh, permutations as to what this means in a lot of different ways. Now, coming back to the point before around, like, does this change their, their thinking at this deadline? Probably not because they're still trying to going to make that play and run. But what it does mean is for someone like DeMar, like they might not trade him now because maybe there isn't a trade to really make sense to, to or that's more valuable to trade, trade DeMar now compared to trying to hang him on and, and try to win a playing game, get in the playoffs with DeMar. But what it may mean is you have to lose DeMar. And if the Bulls don't want to lose DeMar, whether that's right or wrong, they might need to just because of the, the fact that they won't be able to move Zach and maybe Lonzo. So this is where my mind goes now. It has long-term rebuilding effects in different ways uh, and again semantics around rebuilding but this Zach contract if it was undesirable before uh, I don't even know what the word would be for it right now because it's no contract is immovable yeah the Bulls could get off it if they really wanted to but what it's going to cost them to get off this now is uh extremely problemat- uh, problematic yeah and you know I see some people in the comments kind of you know saying oh like this the Zach contract was a mistake from the beginning uh Eco Bean who's uh, one of our regulars always hanging around, never has sounded like a Zach believer. Uh, Fernando, I think, also chimed in and said, like, you know, only Packers ever believed Zach was a franchise player. But I, okay, if, if you want to play the, the hindsight game right now, this exact moment, Zach Levine and the contract the Bulls signed him to appears to be a real problem. I don't think it was a problem when they signed him to it. And I think still it was the right move given, given their limited options. He was coming off of two all-star appearances and one of the most efficient scorers and basically a 25-5-5 guy for like a few years. 
I never said he was going to be the best player on a championship contending team. In fact, I routinely said I didn't believe he could be that. That didn't mean it was not the right move to sign him. And then maybe if and when you feel like you need to move him, you move him. Knowing that that contract will continue to look a little less ugly as a salary cap continues to rise, assuming his play stayed where it was, which was, you know, quasi all-star level play. Because guess what? That's the money that those players make now. Uh, this is not about Zach Levine's contract and the, the hindsight of whether or not it was a mistake two years ago. It sucks that that's where we are now and that it appears to be a very immovable contract. It's immovable now. It might not be immovable in four to six months. We will see. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a shitty situation, but one that, again, like, if, if you wanted to say injury-prone as an argument against signing Zach to that contract two summers ago, I don't know. I, th I think it was a weak argument at the time. It was. Um, look, and look, we failed at trying to convince people at the time that this is why he's a max player, but even then, people couldn't get it through their heads that not all championship-level guys, not all first options, not all temp top 10 players get max deals. People are wedded in their ideas for whatever reason that a guy like Zach, who's at that point a top 25, top 30 guy, an all-star level guy, not a all-star starter, but a fringe all-star guy, people at that point just couldn't get it through their heads that that type of player is worth a max contract more generally, but specifically in the Bulls situation within the Bulls context and the leverage that he had over the Bulls. So at that point in time, when things were going and flying for Zach, even then, we couldn't convince people of it. So now, again, like, like we touched on before, like the naysayers have been emboldened about things. Anyone who thought he wasn't worth a max previously is now beating their chest about it. And maybe they're right about it now, but the variables do change. I hate this idea that people's opinions can't change as context changes. Another very important yeah, thing exactly. that's happened, a new CBA, when Zach signed his max deal, no one knew what the CBA or the content of the CBA would be or how things would, or how teams and, and players and everyone connected around the CBA would react to it. No one knew what the, the first and second apron would be and what the punishments for that would be as well. So yeah, you can stand on your soapbox and say you were right about it all along, but if you want to ignore the variables or the context of how it's changed, in addition to the fact that you know Zach has helped it change in the way he has this season in addition mm -hmm. to the injury itself, do what you need to do. Uh, stand on your soapbox and yell if you need to, but uh, if you're doing so without... Uh, taking into context the variables that have maybe moved since that point in time, then, I don't know, you, you look kind of ignorant, but do what you need to do, I suppose. <laughs> Mario P with a super chat. Appreciate Mario saying, where does AK go from here? Should we hope for gems in the draft? Even if he tries continuity, his continuity is on the injured list at the moment. Um, <laughs> and, uh, again, that's, that is the unfortunate position that AK finds himself in now. And while I am respectful finding that I respect him and his work less and less every passing week. I also don't envy being in his shoes because now, yeah. and look, did AK build this mess that he now finds himself in? Yes, there absolutely yeah. is that element to this. And I I'm struggling to find any sympathy for the bulls front office right now because they have been so stubbornly adamant about we're going to flirt below that luxury tax line because the owners have said, we'll pay the luxury tax if you're a championship contender. But right now, we're just trying to be a team that makes the playoffs. And they've moved the goalposts and lowered the bar 
for the last three years of media days stating what the goal for this team is ahead. And that's frustrating. And that's why Bulls fans are pissed. And now you've taken a pretty rough situation and it's like the wheels have fallen off and we're five days removed from a trade deadline where Bulls fans are about to watch yet again as this team's front office does nothing. As far as hoping for gems in the draft, hey, at least the Bulls have their own first round pick in the 2024 draft class. Yippee. You know, you still got that 25 pick owed to the Spurs uh, from the DeMar sign of trade hanging over your head, which is why some of us were like, hey, let's look at let's look at this team. Let's be real about it. And then maybe let's try and accrue some assets here at this trade deadline instead of marching proudly and confidently towards that play in tournament, which means absolutely dick. So, yeah, it's a sh- it's a shitty day. That's a lie. <laughs> it does not mean dick. I will never agree with you on that, ever. That's some bullshit. Ask the Miami Heat if it means dick. That don't mean dick. It means something when you go to goddamn play-in game. It means something. I do want to say this. The other part of that, Matt, is the arrogance of AK and Mark Eversley. That's the other thing that Bulls fans were pissed at was the arrogance of it. I know you remember when he was like, hey, just watch the moves I make. Just look at the moves I make, guys. And then judging by those, we looked at them and we were like, still shitty. <laughs> like still meaning, still average. Still cool. You didn't do anything. Like, what are you doing? And then and then say, Well, we're done, right? Like, no, absolutely not. So that arrogance also is what is maddening to Bulls fans. Cause you can't come at them like that and then do then just be average and mediocre and doing the same kind of thing and then act like we're supposed to pat you on the back for that. Hell yeah. no. Hell yeah. no. AK definitely played that, you know, just you wait line from Alexander Hamilton's <laughs> braggadocious song. Like, oh, oh, y'all are a little uh, impatient and upset. It's cool. Just wait and see what we do in free agency. Oh, cool. so hi. Hi, Javon and Tori Craig. Welcome aboard. Yeah, we're fine now. We're fine with continuity now. Um, speaking of, I uh, just got an update. Billy Donovan speaking right now to our guy, Willie Go Gottlieb, and the rest of the Bulls beat. Tory Craig will play tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Craig wow. back in action. So, you know, maybe kind of softens the blow a little bit oh. of this Zach Levine news. <laughs> I'll uh, take Kobe, anything at this point. <laughs> Kobe White also, as Will mentioned when he was with us, uh, p- popped up on the injury report. Uh, he is dealing with a sore ankle issue of some kind, but he has been given the green light as well. So there's another silver lining to this horribly bitter pill Bulls fans just got this afternoon. Speaking of the Bulls uh, and their fans shining ray of hope this season, if you haven't got it yet, go get yourself our newest CHO Bulls merch at the CHO Merch Locker. It's the Sub-Zero T. It's great. Flying off the shelves. I just ordered mine yesterday. And uh, Dave, as you mentioned, depending on sizes, some of the stock is already getting pretty low. Like we're talking two or three left. So, you know, if if it's really popular and it looks like people are buying these, uh, you know, selling like hotcakes, maybe we'll put in another order with our people who run our merch over in Denver. Shout out to them. Appreciate the hard and wonderful work they do. Grab yourself a Sub-Zero tee. And uh, we got Bulls Kings on deck tip off in about um, 90 minutes. Uh, No pregame. Had to jump on here and do this emergency pod. So we'll talk to you live postgame. Uh, from the studio, we will hear from Will, who is at the UC covering tonight's game. Mark, thank you for hopping on and joining us, man. Mm. Always a pleasure. Follow Mark. Love MK. the hat. Hoops. Oh, I love it. Uh, Big Dave is at BOW, B-A-W-L, sports. Bow. We're CHO underscore Bulls on Bulls underscore Peck. 
Thanks, everybody, for watching with us. Hit that like button on your way out if you haven't done it yet. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to y'all for post game. Until then, see <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> red be good. Yeah, that. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> We're all silly like the mayor. 